Thanks for tuning in to the Tom Nicola podcast, the audio version of my written articles. Before we delve into today's article, I want to mention a couple of things I offer outside of my articles themselves. First, the Nicola newsletter. Each Thursday, I send out the Nicola newsletter, which includes two of my own articles and a number of other published pieces I've discovered the previous week. My subscribers love getting the variety of content, which, for the most part, centers on faith, fitness, and fortitude in this increasingly crazy world. Of course, the Nicola newsletter is free. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Second, I have to mention my online fitness program, Vigor Training. As a member, you get access to a variety of my personally designed strength and conditioning programs, a weekly curriculum of lifestyle and nutrition education, an exclusive community forum, and twice-monthly group video calls, all for only 29 bucks per month. At least, that's the nominal monthly rate at the time of this recording. To learn more or join us, go to tomnicola.com slash vigor. That's V-I-G-O-R. All right, on to the article. Informed consent or ignorant compliance? Does the truth matter anymore? According to the president, every American human being must become a guinea pig for one of the big pharma vaccine manufacturers or suffer severe consequences. I'm certain that if he had his way, life would look a lot like it does in Australia. Maybe President Biden believes his title of commander-in-chief means that he can command every citizen to do whatever he feels like, whether it makes sense or not. Sort of like a king which is what our founding fathers fought hard to prevent. At this point, there's only two reasons you could support mandatory vaccination of all Americans. Number one, ignorance. You've chosen to ignore the facts and science surrounding COVID-19 and the vaccines. Two, money. You benefit financially from the successful sale of these vaccines. I almost added fear as an additional reason, but the reality is you'd only live in fear because you're ignorant about the facts and science. Charles Spurgeon once said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. In today's digital age, this has never been more true. The majority of today's left-wing ideological agendas are based on one lie after another. It's as though they're following the teachings of Nazi propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels. Quote, repeat a lie often enough and it becomes the truth. Joseph Goebbels. For example, Joe Biden told Americans that if they got the vaccine, they wouldn't get COVID. His statement starts off the extremely popular track, Let's Go Brandon by Bryson Gray, Tyson James, and Chandler Crump. I recommend listening to it. About a week later, Colin Powell passed away from complications with COVID. He was double vaccinated. As I was working on the draft of this blog post, the Children's Health Defense broke the news that California Governor Gavin Newsom developed Jillian-Barr syndrome following his booster shot. This is yet to be confirmed, but the public hadn't seen him in 11 days at that point. If it's true, there's no doubt that that numerous doctors attempted to fix and hide his condition before the public could become aware of it. We've been repeatedly told the vaccines are safe. They're not. 
adverse events are a significant issue and the public simply isn't informed. Are there scenarios where the vaccine could make sense? Perhaps, but no matter your age, you have to consider what could happen if you succumb to side effects. And adults need to get their heads out of the sand when it comes to vaccinating kids. There's no logical reason to do so, even if Big Bird says otherwise. For those who've been following the science throughout the COVID circus, Newsom's GBS isn't a surprise. But I do hope that more of the ignorant, pro-vaccine, anti-science crowd begin asking some questions based on Newsom's condition. Here are some important points to consider as number 46, mainstream media, and most celebrities pressure Americans to obey the commander-in-chief. Adverse events are much more common than the media or the president admit. The COVID-19 vaccines have caused more recorded adverse events than all other vaccines combined up to this point. At the time of this writing, a total of 856,919 adverse events have been reported. As a general rule of thumb, only about 1% to 10% of people who experience adverse events report them. Do the math on that one. Almost 20,000 people have died. Quote, the most recent deaths include a 12-year-old girl from South Carolina who hemorrhaged 22 days after receiving Pfizer's COVID vaccine, a 13-year-old girl from Maryland who died 15 days after receiving her first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine from a heart condition, and a 17-year-old female from Texas who experienced an acute hyperglycemic crisis 33 days after being vaccinated. Another recent death involves a 12-year-old girl who died from respiratory tract hemorrhage 22 days after receiving her first dose of Pfizer's vaccine. Vaccine-related adverse events include Jillian-Barr syndrome, vaccine-induced prothrombotic immune thrombocytopenia, or VIPIT, myocarditis, blood clots, arrhythmia, Bell's palsy, miscarriages, and premature births. Do some people seem to get by with minimal side effects after vaccination? Sure. So do the majority of people who actually get COVID. And those who get COVID develop natural immunity, which should make vaccination irrelevant. That's my next point. Natural immunity is at least as effective and likely more effective than immunity from vaccination. In September 2021, the prestigious British Medical Journal published a feature story by investigative journalist, the kind of journalist that looks for facts and then reports on them, Jennifer Block, titled, Vaccinating People Who Have Had COVID-19, Why Doesn't Natural Immunity Count in the U.S.? As you might expect, this well-cited story got little to no attention from MSM, who seems intent to bury their heads in the sand when it comes to science, choosing to sell fiction over facts. Between February 2020 and May 2021, an estimated 120 million people had COVID-19. That's more than one-third of the U.S. population. The data and the science behind it show, unequivocally, that natural immunity is at least as effective, if not more effective, than vaccination 
when it comes to COVID-19. If natural immunity provides as good or better protection than the vaccine, then giving the vaccine to a COVID-recovered person only serves to put them at risk for the adverse events I mentioned earlier. A research article in Science detailed how those who've recovered from COVID-19 have immunity from a second infection for at least eight months. Many talking heads have twisted this to suggest it lasts only eight months. They use eight months because they measured for eight months. The paper also explains how antibodies are not the only source of immunity against further infection. Quote, Immunological memory can consist of memory B cells, antibodies, memory CD4 plus T cells, and or memory CD8 plus T cells. Dan J.M. et al. Even if antibody levels wane, those exposed to the virus naturally have other mechanisms to mount a defense against future infections. That's not the spin you hear from those with the mic. In fact, Dr. Fauci suggests people who've recovered from COVID get the vaccine so they can have even more antibodies. Yet there is no evidence that supraphysiological levels of antibodies are more protective than the amount you produce while recovering naturally. As infectious disease expert Monica Gandhi explains in the BMJ article, quote, it is accurate that your antibodies will go down after natural infections, she says. That's how the immune system works. If antibodies don't clear from our bloodstream after we recover from a respiratory infection, our blood would be as thick as molasses. Or consider real-world evidence data from the Cleveland Clinic. Quote, Cleveland Clinic surveyed its more than 50,000 employees to compare four groups based on history of SARS-CoV-2 infection and vaccination status. Not one of our over 1,300 unvaccinated employees who had been previously infected tested positive during the five-month study. Researchers concluded that the cohort are unlikely to benefit from COVID-19 vaccination. Jennifer Block. With such clear evidence showing why vaccination is unnecessary for those who've recovered from COVID, Cleveland Clinic is obediently falling in line with the current administration's agendas. In a statement to a local Fox affiliate, they said, quote, the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective and are the best way to protect individuals from severe illness or death from the virus. We are awaiting more information and plan to comply with federal requirements. Nearly 80% of our caregivers have already received their COVID-19 vaccine. Cleveland Clinic. In regards to emerging virus variants, natural immunity has been shown to be more effective than vaccine-induced immunity. Again, quoting Jennifer Block's published paper, Matthew Memoli, director of the Laboratory of Infectious Diseases Clinical Studies at the NIH, highlights real-world data such as the Cleveland Clinic study and points out that while vaccines are focused on only that tiny portion of immunity that can be induced by the spike, someone who has had COVID-19 was exposed to the whole virus which would likely offer a broader-based immunity 
that would be more protective against variants. The laboratory study offered by the FDA only has to do with very specific antibodies to a very specific region of the virus, the spike, says Memoli. Claiming this as data supporting that vaccines are better than natural immunity is short-sighted and demonstrates a lack of understanding of the complexity of the immunity to respiratory viruses. Many experts also point out that high rates of vaccination cause a rapid increase in variants. How about them apples? There is no long-term safety data. None. To ridicule the truth-tellers, the vaccine pushers scoff at those who call the vaccines experimental drugs. Yet, that's exactly what they are. Though the government approved and promotes the vaccines, scientific trials won't conclude for a year or more, depending on the vaccine maker. That's right. The drug trials are still going on. So if you get the vaccine, you're part of a group getting an unproven drug. Take the Moderna vaccine, for example. The New England Journal of Medicine published the results of their phase one trial on July 14, 2020. It included, wait for it, 45 people. Their phase two trial just concluded on October 31st, 2021. It included a whopping 660 people. That's not many data points for a drug recommended across the entire population. Phase three, which includes more than 30,000 people, won't conclude until October 27th, 2022. Though Moderna might be able to measure how well their vaccine prevents people from getting COVID-19 in the weeks following injection, it does nothing to show how well it protects people long-term, nor does it show the vaccine won't cause long-term side effects. On top of that, the studies do not include participants who recovered from a COVID-19 infection, nor do the studies include women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. So any safety data we do acquire won't apply to this significant portion of the population. Contrary to the assumed safety for women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, this comes straight from Moderna's website. Quote, Available data on Moderna COVID-19 vaccine administered to pregnant women are insufficient to inform vaccine-associated risks in pregnancy. Data are not available to assess the effects of Moderna COVID-19 vaccine on breastfed infant or on milk production excretion. Moderna. Don't take my word for this, though. You can go to the Moderna website and see for yourself. In regards to the Pfizer vaccine, Phase 3 won't conclude until May 2nd, 2023. Not only will we be waiting for the safety data at two years post-vaccine, but Pfizer is still trying to figure out which dose is best, using a range from 10 micrograms to 20 micrograms. What possible benefit is there to mislead the public? I ask myself that question almost every day. Someday, maybe we'll find out. Here are some thoughts to consider. The overall socialist agenda, making inroads into our culture, wants everyone treated the same. With that ideology, 
You'd want every citizen to endure the risks of the vaccine even when there's no logical reason to get it. If enough people survive from the mRNA vaccines, they could lead to other treatments and ways of tweaking human biology. To experiment on the current population opens opportunities to treat future populations. The vaccine contains other ingredients that some suggest could be used for future scientific use. Maybe it's just about money. High-ranking officials and executives seem to move around among the FDA, CDC, and Big Pharma. It's possible it's only about money. If everyone gets vaccinated, there won't be a control group to compare the rates of adverse events against. With everyone vaccinated, the adverse events will look statistically like they're just a natural part of life. Perhaps the goal isn't to get the vaccine into people, but rather to reconstruct our way of life so we're all servants of the elites. In the BMJ article, Jennifer Black added this in reference to the rationale for across-the-board vaccination. There's a very clear message out there that, okay, well, natural infection does cause immunity, but it's still better to get vaccinated. And that message is not based on data, says Gandhi. There's something political going on around that. As I wrap this up, I want to make one more thing clear. The Biden administration has approached the vaccine rollout in a way that could forever change the meaning of the words in our Constitution. That threat to America is far greater than to the future of our republic than the threat of the COVID-19 infections. That said, it wasn't Biden who put the vaccines in the hands of our politicians. President Trump did that. Long after the election, he boasted about his warp speed efforts. Biden might have carried the baton, but Trump started this race. While I did vote for Trump and value much of what he accomplished in office, his lack of responsibility for the state we're in now, and silence about the real risk of vaccines on American people, would cause me to question giving him another vote. If there's still a United States by November 2023, I hope the leading candidate comes to the table with much more common sense. In the title of this blog post, I asked, does the truth matter anymore? I would hope the answer is yes, but it only matters to those who aren't mentally lazy. The more we avoid personal responsibility and critical thinking, the more we depend on others for answers. When we depend on others, they're sure to take advantage of that dependence. And we end up on a path like we find ourselves today. Thanks for listening. If you like this content, please leave a rating on the podcast platform you're using and pass it along to others who'd find it helpful. Keep growing your faith, improving your fitness, and building fortitude.